It sure is. It is Monday night. That can mean only one thing. It is time for you to pick out that phone and get your questions answered. And as you already know, because he's been there just moments ago, uh, Stan Fainzelberg is covering the show tonight. Feel free to uh, to call in 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Or if you prefer, one talk That is toll free. Yeah, I heard uh, Stephen LeDrew there just kind of prime the pump a little bit, uh, Stan. I know we got a lot of stuff to cover tonight, including absenteeism in the workplace. And if we get time in between the phone calls, we'll get to some emails as well. You want to start sending those along, feel free. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But off the hop, I know you want to do a continue on with your talk of the dawn. <laughs> and uh, in that regard, what's going on, pal? Well, absolutely. I mean, in our week that was segment, there really is no other topic kind of in the employment law sphere right now other than what's going on with Don Cherry. It is something that's sort of sucking all the ex- oxygen out of the room. And, you know... Everyone's kind of, you know, everyone's got their take, whether he should have been let go, whether he shouldn't have been let go. Really, I don't think that's a decision for us to get into here. It's really a policy decision. Everybody feels differently about it, and rightly so. People very feel very strongly about Don Cherry. I think from an employment law context, what's really interesting is whether they let him go for cause mm-hmm. or whether they let him go without cause and, you know, a, a golden parachute. And that's really something that we're not hearing a lot about. And I found that really interesting because no question he, ha- Don, just like any other employee, has a contract that says what he should get if he were terminated. And you know, undoubtedly, after so many years on television and on uh, on the radio, he would be entitled to a significant amount of money. And that's really where I think is fascinating here, whether Rogers decided to actually go through the hassle of, of taking the four-cause position taking a hard line and seeing if they were going to fight it out in litigation or whether they did the easy path, uh, easy thing here and just paid him out to go away. And, and so, and really uh, as a question, whether it amounts to cause John and, you know, as our leader, uh, as many of our listeners know, cause is a very, very high standard to prove, and especially after you've been in the business as long as Don Cherry has. And, and so, Really, I think it's a very difficult thing. There's, I don't think any lawyer can say with certainty what the right answer is here. You know, there's certain things that I think point to the, uh, the suggestion that, no, they can't let him go for cause. Because in reality, nobody should be surprised about what Don Cherry said. I mean, you know, he is a provocative figure. That's what he was paid to do, ultimately. And Rogers knew that, and they signed him to a new contract. So in one way, the question is, does that amount to condemnation? Did they, knowing who he was, knowing his behavior, agree to that conduct, and do they now live with the consequences? And another mitigating factor, as I mentioned, is the fact that he's just been around for so long, and it's very, very, very hard to let go an employee who's been around for 30, 40-plus years for cause. So that, to me, from an employment law context, is really the interesting thing that we're not hearing. Yeah, it's it's kind of a fascinating story, and that's your 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 personal thoughts aside about whether he should be let go or whether you think he's a a good guy or a good broadcaster. I mean, there is the angle, of course, that they have accepted his outlandish behavior before. Like you said, that's kind of why he was hired. I would imagine one of the reasons why he was hired now has most things he's been outlandish about been in the context of hockey. That might be a fair play as well. This was had nothing to do with hockey, but I mean that's that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. It is interesting to see what uh, what comes down. But as you said to us uh, to Stephen, there's there's been no peak of his of his contract or anything. It's not made public, so I guess we'll find out when the uh, 
when it comes out in the wash, right? Right. Well, if he, you know, a public uh, statement of claim, if he files one, that's public record. And if that does filter out, I'm sure I'm sure some uh, very creative journalist will be out there and finding it. And hopefully we do hear about that because that's the story that I'm, you know, as an employment law nerd interested in. Switching gears to what we always talk about on the show uh, during the weekend, the weekend shows, of course, is employment law and how it affects your life personally. Other people, sure, it's interesting, but how does it affect you as it pertains to uh, you losing your job, you trying to attain the proper severance, or if you're an employer, how you deal with employees and uh, all the different angles in that particular spectrum. We'll get to your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Um, as we get those lined up, want to get into absenteeism and the workplace. Um, I don't think we've covered this topic in depth in quite some time. What do you think? Yeah, I haven't uh, heard it come up. I've heard, you know, we've kind yeah. of covered it in emails here and there and uh, some topics of the week, kind of week that was questions, but it is something right. that I don't think is spoken about as much as certainly I see in my practice. Well, I know Lior and I have, have spoken about it on the TV show before, but it's been, uh, it's been some time uh, since I think we've had it on the air here on uh, on radio so uh, getting right into it how much time can a person miss from work if it is due to medical issues or illness so there really is no defined period of time at which you know if you reach a one-year mark two-year mark three-year mark etc and at that point the employer can say ah got you now we can let you go and we don't have to pay you out what you're owed it really very much depends on a lot of circumstances. I mean, number one, what is the medical evidence say? That is really the most important question when it comes to this. Uh, if your medical evidence says you're never going back to work, it may have been a month. You've been off for a month. But if your doctor says it's clear you're never going to be able to do the job that you did again, at that point, the employer doesn't have to wait out the time. The medical evidence is clear. They can essentially assert frustration of contract and you know, terminate your employment. Alternatively, you know, if you're on LTD and the medical evidence is not clear and really the employer is not paying you anything or really carrying, doing anything substantial to carry your employment, then the court may say you can wait a longer period of time. Uh, Generally speaking, when it comes to long-term disability policies, there's a, at the two-year mark after being disabled on LTD for two years, there's a switch in um, in coverage. Definition. Yeah, in yeah. definition. From yep. basically what you're, from not being able to do your job to not being able to do any job. And oftentimes the insurer will use that trigger to, to cut people off from coverage. And the employer, seeing that they're no longer on LTD, assumes either you can come back and you're just not willing to because you don't want to, or you, the employment contract is frustrated. And that's not really the right way to view these things. Again, it's all about what the doctors are saying, what the doctors who are reviewing the actual patient are saying. If they say, look, we think after the next surgery he can come back at some point, you cannot terminate him for uh, frustration. You know, and it's, you know, if you, maybe not a year or two years uh, when the change of definition takes place when you're mm-hmm. off and say a disability at work. But if it's if it's just a matter of being sick at work, I think there's a lot of confusion on the point of both the employee and the employer. Say, you know, said employer uh, in your employment contract or with employees of this particular outfit, you have five, six paid sick days a year. So mm-hmm. if somebody's off for 20 days, sometimes the employer says, I'm sorry, we're letting you go. You've used your 10 days. And sometimes the employee thinks, well, you know what? It's been my 10 days. I got to get back to work. Both of those are incorrect thinking, are they not? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're sick, you really, first of all, shouldn't be going into work. That's a public safety hazard in some ways. Right. Uh, but more to the fact, if you provide a medical note from your doctor, even after the, your sick days are run up, and sick days really are not required, so most of us, frankly, don't have them. You know, if you're, you're lucky if you have 10, most people might have one or two. Right. Uh, and in that case, you know, if your doctor says, hey, he's sick, he'll, you know, I'm going to reevaluate him in a couple of weeks, we'll let you know. As long as you're cooperating and providing that information to your employer, they absolutely cannot terminate you. I guess the discrepancy is people here paid sick days. That's where the fine line is. You might not get paid for the 18 extra that you've missed, but for the first two, they have to pay you. But that doesn't mean, you know, illness doesn't go with your job. If you have a virus, it's not listening to your boss. It doesn't work that way. Sick is sick, right? Absolutely. I mean, we can't. you can't fight it, and you certainly shouldn't try to go into work. 416-870-6400-640 on your cell. We'll get to some uh, some calls. Peter, good evening. How are you, pal? I'm not bad. I'm pretty good. I'm just calling for a friend. Sure. Yeah, he's um, 67 years old, and um, he's working for 37 years. Uh, he, he just received a letter from his boss on one year. He gave him one year notice. Okay. And what does he do, uh, Peter? He's working to um, a factory. So 67. I mean, I, I certainly think a year is light. Uh, it's certainly a lot less than he would be entitled to in court, assuming he has no contract. Based on 37 years and at that age, he's probably getting 24 months of pay in lieu of notice. So in, your, in his case, as long if they don't require him to sign anything and he works out the year, he can certainly come back at the end of that year and say, hey, you still owe me 12 months of pay. Okay. So how do you got to do your sign the letter? No, I mean, he cannot sign the letter. That's essentially what I'm saying. If he signs, you know, anything, he's likely giving up his rights to proceed. And okay. so really, Peter, what I think you should do is tell your, your friend to contact us at the firm, uh, and we can have a consultation with him, get, let him know what his rights are, and, abs- and guide him through this process. Okay, thank you. No problem. Thanks, Peter. That number, by the way, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Let's 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 touch on that for a sec. So you're talking; they're offering him a uh, twelve months of working notice. So in other words, it's like severance, but they're getting something out of his twelve months. They're actually making him work, but because he's such a long service employee, they're going to have to continue on after that. We're assuming he's at twenty four months, being the age he is and mm-hmm. the length of time. He's a two year guy. So at the end of that one year. Working notice, they're still going to owe him another year's worth of severance, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And then even, you know, even if they gave him two years working notice in this situation, we don't know the size of the company. And if the company has a payroll of over $2.5 million, it doesn't matter if they gave him two years working notice, they still owe him the severance pay component from the Employment Standards Act, which in his uh, situation would be 26 weeks. So even the... Even if they give him the two years, you can't give working no- a severance pay as working notice. You have to pay that. Nice. We're mm-hmm. going to take a, a short break and get some more of your phone calls lined up. It is just that simple. Get your questions answered, man. At least get it underway. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You want to send along an email. We'll get to those a little later on as well. That is simply help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's Employment Law Show. This is Global News Radio. It is 721. Plenty of time for you to call in ask your questions. Stan Feinselberg is here to... Uh, he answers everything, really. The guy's amazing. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Phone calls always are uh, top priority. We'll get back into the topic of absenteeism. In the workplace, uh, Farkas, uh, how are you? Good morning, or good evening. Anyway, how are you? Hey, pal. 
Hi, uh, good evening. My name is Francis. Yes, gotcha. Uh, I am calling with regard to uh, workplace harassment and then subsequent uh, short-term disability leave. Okay. And I, I worked in the company for two and a half years. My manager was harassing me and often he was using profane words uh, to put me down. And then uh, he was uh, favoring uh, his fellow religious people compared to myself, though I was working sincerely. He was keep on harassing me so that he could bring uh, people from his own religion. And then uh, because of his uh, psychological harassment uh, and uh, bad words, I had to go on a short-term disability. Mm -hmm. I have taken um, uh, three months of short-term disability. Once I returned back to the work and uh, my management was changed and it was acquired by another company. So after two months after working uh, with the same company, they fired me saying that uh, without giving any reasons, they fired me. And mm -hmm. then they offered a severance pay of uh, $6,000. So I worked for two and a half years. They offered me $6,000. They gave me 10 days time to accept or not. Mm -hmm. So at that time I was so disturbed mentally, so I didn't accept the offer. Mm -hmm. And then uh, recently I recovered from all the stress and everything. And they, I contacted the employer uh, with regard to the severance pay package. Mm -hmm. But they refused to entertain that, and they say that uh, the case was closed. Well, I mean, that's absolutely not true, Farkas. Uh, basically, any employee or ex-employee has two years to bring a claim in uh, in court in Ontario. So really, that's the only deadline. I mean, they may not be willing to negotiate with you right now, but that's essentially what we do. That's why, you know, I would strongly encourage you to call us in the, during the day, speak to a lawyer, and I can guarantee you that they will be able to get the company involved and to negotiate a package that's fair for you. Yeah, but the thing is that uh, at the time the, when the manager was harassing, I raised a question to the management, mm -hmm. and they conducted an uh, inquiry, and then they favored the manager, and then uh, they told that nothing has happened like that. And then... Um, is there a way I could uh, approach the court or uh, Human Rights Commission with regard to this? Well, uh, it may be something you can uh, deal with in court. It depends on the level of you know harassment, whether it reach, reaches a very high standard, whether the company did a proper investigation or just a superficial one. Uh, it would only be something you could take to the tribunal if it was on the grounds of discrimination because of your age or ethnicity or something of that nature. Going to let you go there, brother. If you want to reach out and call Stan, you should do that uh, tomorrow or sometime this week for sure. That number again, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. And for the remainder of this hour, you want to call and ask your questions just like that, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. It is just that symbol. Um, absenteeism in the workplace. Question, though, is, uh, is an employee's job protected while they're off on a, uh, a sick leave at work? So generally, I would say, yes, it absolutely is protected. Okay. Uh, you can't be terminated just because you got sick. Put it that way. That doesn't mean that you have an absolute right to your job either, though. So in a circumstance where there's a mass termination while you happen to be sick and your job is terminated along with 100 other people, that certainly would not be considered a protection for you. You certainly would not be saved from that mass termination because, again, the termination doesn't relate to your sick sickness or circumstances. Right, right, right. So you, do you have the right to go back to the same job? 
Well, that job may not exist. They may have an obligation to try to find you a job if okay. there is something that's reasonably uh, a reasonable facsimile and something that is available for you. But if you're again, depending on if it's an accommodation and a medical disability, or again, or the sickness that we were discussing earlier, like the flu, where there there probably isn't a. Uh, an, a need to accommodate you whereas if it's a medical disability then you may ask for accommodation they may actually even have to create a position from taking different duties from other jobs just for you does it have to be commensurate income or can it be whatever the job they're shoving you into pays do you know what i mean uh it does it's it has to be reasonably comparable but again if their only job available for you is something that's unfortunately a demotion and they say it's either that or we have to let you go, then really it's not, again, an, it's not discriminatory because they had to terminate your job as part of the mass termination. And if you don't want to accept the demotion, that's absolutely your right. But again, you just happen to be fall within the term mass termination at that point. We're talking about absenteeism and the workplace. Uh, an employer would not let an employee take time off, say, for uh, a medical appointment, some a doctor they had to go see. Is that allowed? Yeah, that's absolutely not allowed that's certainly one thing that we're all entitled to be accommodated with you know we all have medical appointments and unfortunately doctors work the same hours as everyone else so if you want so if you have a medical need to go to a doctor and they absolutely have to accommodate that medical need 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. You want to use it, ask your questions. That's why Stan is here doing what he's doing. Brian, thanks for hanging on. Good uh, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Good, Pally. What's uh, what's going on with you? Well, my wife recently went through kidney failure there, and, uh, of course, she had to go off on sick leave. Mm-hmm. And the day she went off on sick leave, her employer's a smaller company, maybe six employees, two little locations, uh, told her that she wouldn't hold her job for her, that her job would not be there when she was able to come back to work. And I'm just curious, I mean, is that something she can do? Or Well, I'm very sorry to hear about your wife, Brian. Um, no, that's absolutely something that you're, the employer cannot do because, again, your wife, through no fault of her own, is off on a sick leave. And to some extent, I'm sympathetic with the employer as well. They've been placed in a very difficult position, but that nevertheless... Uh, they nevertheless have an obligation to ensure that either your jobs, your wife's job is there when she gets back or they have a reasonable comparable job for her to uh, slot into because she shouldn't have to lose her job simply because she got sick. Okay, so if she is ready to go back or whatever and they tell her no, is she entitled to some kind of severance pay? She's uh, been there for just over nine years. Absolutely, she's entitled to severance, and not only that, it's I would say that's discriminatory. They uh, cannot n- not give her her job back simply because she got sick. That's by definition discrimination on the basis of medical disability. Okay, perfect. It's good to know. Uh, we have, like you said, any issues coming up here, we will definitely give you a call. All right, give us a call. Brian, appreciate the call. Indeed, here is that number to reach out. Get a hold of Stan or Lior, member of the team. It is 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We're talking about and discussing the topic of absenteeism in the workplace. Employer and employee have a disagreement, and the employee sent home, told he would be contacted to return. Several days go by, and uh, they get a letter in the mail saying they failed to show up for work and abandon their position. Hits them like a bucket of water. Is that legal? 
Yeah, it's, it's it happens more often than you think, John. Where the employer yeah. thinks that you know hatches this scheme where they're going to outsmart the employee <laughs> and get them to resign without knowing it, and, and uh, that's ultimately it's a ridiculous proposition. One can a person can't resign without having the intention of actually resigning. So in this particular instance, obviously an individual was given a f- direction to go home and to be told that. Uh, and told that they will be contacted when they're ready to uh, have a meeting to discuss whatever issues were brought up that day. And just the fact that he didn't contact them because he wasn't told to and they didn't do what they were required to do, they just decided, to, hey, we'll get rid of this guy and call our resignation so we can save thousands on severance. Absolutely, that's nowhere near legal. Resignations are up to one person. That is the person that is actually holding the job. What if you're, just to go a little off the rails, mm-hmm. I know this question always comes up. What if you go into work and you're expected to, you are told to resign? How does that work? Well, I mean, again, a, a res- if you're being told to resign, that is in and of itself is a termination. You know, they're telling you essentially either you, you, you're you done today and you can resign. And a lot of people seem to think that if they're terminated, they're, it affects their EI somehow and that resigning in these circumstances are better. And I can say unequivocally that is not the case. Do not resign your employment unless you have the absolute intention to. If your employer is forcing you to resign, that's just what we call a termination in a roundabout way. And they're just uh, they're basically violating your rights. It's amazing, too, because you mentioned that about uh, people, you know, they they think of what's going to be the outcome. They think they're at least no fault of their own. They assume that the government's got some sort of black book on their work history. And if, if, you know, if the line says, you know, resigned, it sounds much better than terminated. But that doesn't exist. That work record doesn't exist. Right. No, I mean, from an EI perspective, basically what happens is that an employer will file what's called a record of employment, and yep. there they use a code which determines the nature of the, uh, the the ending of the relationship, whether it's shortage of work, a layoff, a resignation, right. a medical issue. Uh, and that based on that code, the government will give you your EI if you are, again, entitled to it. But I can tell you that if, you, if they use the code for quit or resigned on that form... The government's not going to give you EI. Yeah. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Get to uh, to Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Good evening. How are you today? Good, sir. What's going on with you? Good. Good. Got an employee. Um, been with me three years. Lately, more than ever, becoming a bit of a no-show. No phone mm-hmm. calls, no taxes, nothing. Just, you know, take two, three days off. He'll show up Monday again. Oh, I was sick. Mm-hmm. what's the best legal way to let us part ways i guess good call well so you if you're trying to essentially if you made up your mind and you want to get rid of him you know the best thing hopefully you would have done is to at least document when this guy was now showing so that the next time you could say look i've told you a hundred times you don't you're not showing up here you go you're done this is cause and frankly that would be mm-hmm. a strong cause case but the other thing that you brought up, which is, you know, kind of a uh, tricky ground, is where they say they sh- uh, show up and say, hey, I was sick. Uh, because that may trigger some accommodation issues, some human rights issues. And there you do have an absolute right to say to him, if it's been over a two or three day period, to say, well, I need a medical note. You're going to have to show me something that says you were sick. Because at this point, I can't obviously trust your word. Yep. Has, he been, has he been doing that, Nathan? Uh, no, nothing. It's, yeah, yeah, I had the flu. I had a, you know, this and that. And it's just, yeah, it's not working. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, if you've, again, if he's missed enough work and he's only been there a short time and you've warned him a hundred times before, then you can drop the axe and feel confident knowing that, you know, that guy is probably getting let go for cause and you're likely not going to owe him anything. All right. Thanks, yeah, okay, Nathan. Nathan. Appreciate that. Uh, you want more uh, information on that one? One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the uh, the way to go. Should he maybe uh, maybe he said it to him as you say a hundred times over, but if he hasn't got the documentation, he should start now. Should he not? So we can build up a, a case of hey, I've told you three, four times with a warning. You're not providing doctor's notes. You're just malingering. You're mm-hmm. not coming to work. Then he can sack him, right? Well, the documentation is absolutely key, and yeah. there's no question that you want to have it in writing. But the absence of it doesn't make it impossible either, because at the end of the right. day, if he was warned a hundred times, he was warned a hundred times. Whether it's in writing or not, obviously you'd like to have the paper for the courts, because that's what you're going to have to prove in court. If he shows up and say, I don't know what you're talking about, I wasn't warned ever before this one time. And now it's, you've got a situation of he said, she said, and yep. at the end of the day, a judge is going to believe whoever they want to believe. star 640 on cell email is help at employmentlawyer.ca if you haven't gone here before it's uh, it's fairly new as a matter of fact took a while to build and man it is a robust tool you can do it online called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca you're probably familiar with if you've caught this show in the last seven or eight years or the tv show as well the severance pay calculator that is right at the top of the pocket employment lawyer so that particular tool to figure out your severance is also rolled into the uh, pocket employment lawyer termination for, uh, for cause. Does the company have cause to let you go? Are you not, or are you an independent contractor? What is a constructive dismissal, human rights violations, workplace harassment? There's even a section on long-term disability in there as well. If you haven't used this, it's absolutely free. You couldn't enter a credit card if you tried. It's anonymous. <laughs> and if you do want to reach out further to Stan or Lior, who created this sucker, uh, there's a contact button right at the top right. Other than that, walk away with the knowledge and uh, make sure you have it. It's literally like having an employment lawyer in your pocket, hence the name Pocket Employment Lawyer. Uh, .ca is where you want to go for that. Phone calls, again, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. you still got some time to call in. Talking about absenteeism in the workplace, another angle is this. um, An employee off on a parental leave. Can the employer's job be taken away and given to another employee if they're off on a a parental leave? Because they're generally long-term, right? Anywhere from six months I guess 18 is legal now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, uh, that's that the terms you're talking about, the six, uh, six months to 18 months, that's jo- period of time that's protected by the statute. Right. So in essence, no, they can't give away your job. Now, does that mean they're going to, when you come back, you're at the exact same job may not be, it has to be there for you. You know, they may ha- give you a comparable job because yours may no longer exist, similar to the mass termination situation. But absolutely, they certainly cannot give your job to just another employee, even if that employee, frankly, is doing better than you at that job. If you've been off on parental leave and they love that guy, doesn't matter. They still got to take you back because you are not, they cannot let you go simply because you went on a protected leave of absence, in this case being parental leave. But they do, obviously, especially if it's that long-term of parental leave, the employee uh, employer has the right to run their business, and they might have to fill that position whilst you're away, right? That's totally on the up and up. Well, while you're away, and generally speaking, the way to do is if you do need somebody there to take yeah. that job while the person's on parental leave, have a short-term contract, get somebody on the temporary from a temporary agency if, it, if that's feasible. Nice. It, it obviously creates hardships for the employer. There's no question that this is an ideal, but... 
we all need to, we all need to take time off when we have children as well, which is a policy and a you know goal that the government has set. Want to get to a uh, phone call? We still got some time here, uh, Jim. Thanks for calling in. Good evening. Good evening. What's uh, what's uh, going on with you, pal? Uh, I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I have a friend of mine that is coming up on a new contract. She's being asked to sign this new contract. I went through it with her this weekend. And she's telling me, or in the contract, that essentially it's probably standard in any contract, if you are terminated, you will abide by ESA standards for severance. Can that be, Can if she signed, I mean, obviously she has to sign it for the new contract. Can she be held to that, or is she still going to be owed way more based on her time? Well, really, it comes down to the language of the contract. Uh, if it has a contract that says, you know, all you get is your minimum entitlements under the ESA and nothing further, then yes, yeah, she can absolutely be held to that. If, however, it's not drafted particularly well and it doesn't mention certain things that are required by the ESA, then a court will actually strike down that provision and then it'll revert back to the common law based on age and length of service and position. Yeah, it doesn't actually say what the standards are. It just it lists, I guess there's a, a somewhere in, in the handbook, it lists the actual location to go find it. Right. Well, see, the, I would strongly suggest your friend speak to an employment lawyer because depending on what the language is, and you know, it sounds like your friend is being asked to sign a new contract while she's still working there, which creates its own issues. Uh, there seems to be a, a lot of angles to discuss there, and definitely she pro- should have that contract reviewed by a lawyer just so she knows what she's actually signing. Okay. Thank you very much. Not a problem, Jim. Thank you, Jim, and well done for you uh, you calling in on their behalf. And, yeah, make sure nothing is signed until you talk to Stan. Uh, that number, one 821 5900 to reach out, and uh, and please do so. I'll get to, uh, to Paul. Hey, Paul, thanks for hanging on. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good, sir. So what's, my, uh, what's on your mind? So my question is I'm just acting as a supervisor here, and uh, there's yep. an employment position for 18 months. We have someone going off in uh, maternity leave. Mm-hmm. And we, there's an employment position for 18 months, and there's two candidates that came in on top. There was a female and a male, and the female was slightly over the, the male, but however, she's uh, she's four and a half months pregnant. And the debate is, you know, if we don't hire her, and we give her that reason, is that is that are we violating some human rights there? Well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you don't hire because of her pregnancy, then very likely you are violating her human rights. That being said, I mean, clearly on an 18-month contract, there are other reasons why you can say that it's not appropriate. A lot of this, in a lot of times, it depends on messaging and how you actually tell the prospective candidate why they're being terminated. Most people, you know, it get into trouble when they're frankly a little bit too honest about these things and it's it's unfair to say but a little bit true because in your situation i again i empathize you know to hire a person who's going to be off on four months and you're back at this exact same spot four months from now based on a short-term contract to me i think there's very good reasons why you could say look we didn't we're not hiring you because of because you just don't fit what our needs are for this contract right well well she never she never disclosed that she is pregnant but quite visual and and some of the people that uh, knew her that recommended her are now coming forward saying that she is pregnant so yeah it's one of those that you know they they didn't ask i won't disclose the company name but they didn't ask her mm-hmm. status if she was pregnant or not yeah but, uh, after the interview stage went well and i guess uh, talk starts happening around and people started realizing that she's the likely the the top candidate but now we're also getting wind that she's pregnant and 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 
so how do how do you disqualify someone where you already told them that they were they were they were the top candidate? I mean, again, you can take the position that she doesn't fulfill the needs of the short-term contract uh, because it's not a def. You know, you're not keeping her there forever. It's a right. it's a really interesting question because in one way you are discriminating against her, but on the other side, uh, on the other side of the spectrum, you know, it's perfectly legitimate in a lot of ways because basically discrimination isn't just hey we didn't hire you because you're pregnant in this case that's the first step of analyzing it but the next step is is there a reasonable objective basis why what what you're trying to do while maybe having a discriminatory effect isn't discrimination in and of itself and in this particular instance to say that look she doesn't fulfill the needs of the contract and we can't necessarily hire her because we're going to be right back in the same position four months from now Okay. Yeah, but it is a very tricky situation. I absolutely think uh, I empathize with that with the employer here. Uh, Paul, appreciate the call. Let me uh, try to squeeze in Mark here in the last couple minutes. Hey, Mark, thanks for hanging on. Good, uh, good evening. Good evening. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm. Well, I've got a case going on right now. I'm a truck driver, and mm-hmm. they deduct half an hour every day off me from lunch, right? So technically speaking, under the Employment Standards Act, you uh, everybody's entitled to a break, and that break is every five hours you're entitled to a half-hour unpaid break. So if they are deducting money from your pay, it's likely because they're just giving you the unpaid lunch break. That is, they're legally allowed to do that. Okay, I, I, yeah, I forgot the case, uh, mm-hmm. and they, uh, I lost it the first time. I appealed it. So you're at now the older back. I'm back in again, mm-hmm. and uh, I found out they lawyered up. They 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 got a uh, a legal assistant or whatever it is on mm-hmm. the case now, and uh, I didn't think they could do that. Absolutely, I mean, if they're going before what it sounds like the Ontario Labor Relations Board, because it sounds like you filed a Ministry of Labor complaint and then uh, lost the first decision who made by the officer, and you've appealed that to the OLRB. Uh, absolutely. Lawyers represent people at the OLRB every day. I myself help people with Ministry of Labor complaints if I think it makes sense and if they have a complicated matter. I certainly would help them through that as well. So the company is entitled to representation if they want it. And if that's the route they've decided to go, then they're certainly allowed to do that. So I can do the same thing then? Absolutely. And you can oh, okay. give us a call and we can discuss your your issue. Yeah, because I was under the impression I couldn't after I had filed the complaint that I couldn't do it myself. I had to do it all myself. No, uh, absolutely. A lawyer can both help you with the initial complaint and a lawyer can absolutely help you with the hearing because actually the uh, the OLRB appeal is very much like a trial. There's witnesses to call, documents you have to provide. Uh, there's cross-examination. It very much is like a trial and lawyers do those every day. Mark, you want to reach out now that we're, uh, we're done for the evening? Uh, thank you for calling in. Uh, get a hold of Stan this way, one 821 5900 Again, 1-855-821-5900. Email is help at ca. And a reminder as well, if you haven't checked it out yet, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tons of information there as well. We're back at it Wednesday night right here, same time, 7 o'clock. Don't go anywhere. On Point continues. Special guest Stephen LaDrew is back in the chair in a few moments. We'll continue on there on Global News Radio.